Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast very first Christmas episode. And we are excited to share with you all things Christmas. Absolutely. You know, Christmas holds a special place in everyone's heart in some way, shape, or form. Whether it is memories from childhood, or it is gathering the family, or it's the gift-giving part, Mm -hmm. all of that is exciting for most of us in some way, shape, or form. Right. And for some people, it's not. But for most people, it is. And what's really fun is as we're sitting here recording this, uh, it's snowing outside where we are. <laughs> it is. It's like, uh, that's yeah, just it, kind of fun. It is. It's uh, There's a, a little light. Uh, we're actually up in Wisconsin. Right. Um, and we are up here uh, doing some speaking. And uh, and so we were recording it while we're up here and it's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I just looked out the window and there was a wild turkey walking by. Yeah, <laughs> I was it, like, what? Wait a minute. We're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and it's right. just beautiful. So definitely um, snow is a part of the holiday season um, that most of us enjoy. Of course, if you live in the southern states, you might not have snow as a right. part of your holiday season. But uh, Mark and I were both born and raised in Indiana. And, and snow was always a part. It was always a yeah. part. Yep. And we now live in Illinois and snow is usually a part um, as right. well in Illinois. So yep. for sure. So we thought we'd uh, just share some of our uh, favorite Christmas memories, traditions, food, um, just favorite music, just the things that make Christmas Christmas for us. And we would love to hear yours as well. Right. Uh, that would love, really be fun. Yeah. To, for you to hop over to the show notes um, and be able to uh, share some of mm-hmm. the things that maybe listening to this episode made you think about. Right. So we're going to jump right in. And the very first thing that we're going to share about is favorite Christmas memories. So when I think about favorite Christmas memories, when I was a kid, our family would gather together and our family's activity of choice on holidays was always playing Euchre. Mm. 
We loved it. And we would gather at my mamaw's house and we would, um, you know, we would have our traditional feast and the opening of the gifts. But what I remember far more than that is just us playing euchre as a family. I learned how to play euchre at holidays Hmm. um, when the family would gather and my aunt and uncle and my cousins would be there and and we would um, all We'd set up card tables and play euchre. That yeah. was a favorite. I can also, this is a fun little Christmas memory. And it, 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 I guess I think of it more at Christmas. I'm sure it happened year round, but you know, it was always cold. And uh, my mama lived in this old farmhouse and there was um, this heater vent that was down in, in underneath a kitchen counter in a corner and it was like the warmest place in the house. Oh. <laughs> I can remember that I would uh, take whatever I got for Christmas and I would go find that little corner and I would sit in it and play with my new toy because I was always so cold in that house. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. In my family, uh, we would gather as a family. Mm-hmm. At, I seem to think it was my grandma's, but it might have been our house and then my grandma came over. But uh, we would tend to uh, watch movies mm-hmm. and uh, play games on Christmas Eve and then wake up Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And that I, in fact, to this day, I enjoy watching Christmas movies and enjoying Christmas foods, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you know, one of the other things when I think of Christmas memories, when I was a child, I have Christmas memories of when our kids were kids as well. But when I think of Christmas memories, when I was a child on Christmas morning, we were always home. And I think that that was something that was important to you and I, when uh, we had kids is wanting to be home on Mm -hmm. Christmas morning. And I'm so grateful that my family. I mean, both of our families. We're good about that. Yeah. Yeah. They never demanded that we all gather on Christmas day or anything like that. So we could start our own traditions and I'm grateful for that. Um, But um, my grandparents would always come over. They'd be there in time for us to wake up and get our, the first thing we did, my sisters and I, I had two sisters. And uh, the first thing that we did is we went to the, the fireplace and got our stockings down. Mm. And so that was a big deal. You went and got your stockings and I could remember there was almost always an orange and an apple in my stocking Yeah, as well as As just a few. There was always nuts or uh, fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along with other things. And along with a few other things. Yeah. But yeah, that was a We didn't deal. have a fireplace and I I think uh and I grew up very much we followed uh Santa Claus and mm-hmm. so Santa would bring the stocking to our bed and uh He was bring the stocking to your bed. Yeah. That's be, so crazy. Yeah. Lay it beside our bed and so uh, you'd wake up and see your stocking. Right. I think that your parents did that so that you didn't wake them up early. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they did. They they were hoping that it would keep us contained. There you go. <laughs> I doubt it worked. 
Yep. Oh my goodness. I can remember when our kids were little, um, you know, we had the kids that would some of, as they got older, they'd sleep in, but they, we had 13 year difference between our oldest and our right. youngest. And so there was always one or two that were like up at the crack of dawn going, right. you know, wanting to wake everybody up and we would not let them go downstairs until everybody was awake and ready to come right. downstairs. And so they would sneak around and wake each other up just so they could get down there. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, our oldest two uh, before uh, Anne was married. And I think Evan had come back for the holiday. But anyway, they were more excited than the younger kids about Christmas. I remember that. And they were just dying. Like, is anybody going to wake up? I think Evan started singing Christmas songs, trying to get people to wake up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Such good Christmas memories. I, um, one of the things that really differed from you and for you and I, um, was how Christmas presents were opened. Yeah. I, so I have two memories of that. One memory, I believe it was like a free for all. And you, you know, there was no waiting on anybody else. You just dove in and started opening presents. And, uh, it was, it was crazy. But then I, I tend to remember that we had to be very careful about how we opened the presents because my stepdad always wanted us to reuse the paper. <laughs> and so I think it was a organized free for all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about for you? Oh, uh, no, no, we, uh, it didn't matter. You could, you could tear the paper. No big deal. We did save the bows and we saved the bags. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. my goodness, you and I still have bags that we probably used for 20 years Yeah, and we still have them. Right. You know, and we still use them. Right. But our family opened presents in an organized way. Right. So they would go around and that way everybody could watch everybody open the present and ooh and awe over it. Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't a free for all, but I remember the first time that I was at Christmas with your family and all the gifts got doled out. Right. And then everybody started opening them and I was just like, what, what? is going on? <laughs> <laughs> the blending of families, even during Christmas, sometimes is a, is a hardship. Oh, my gosh. I was just like so confused. Wait a minute, you guys. Wait, wait. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Who got what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That was crazy. All right. So let's talk about Christmas traditions. So thinking about Christmas traditions, one of the things that we did when our kids were little is um, I had a specific kind of uh, cinnamon roll and, oh, I can't even, Rhodes, it was the Rhodes cinnamon rolls that were already in the um, circular pans. Yeah. Like the aluminum foil pans. And we would, and you just put them in the oven in a cold oven frozen. And then it, it, uh, you know, heats up. Um, right. Then you turn the oven on and it takes about 40 minutes for them to cook maybe. And that was always uh, just about perfect. Mm -hmm. As our family got larger, I began to realize I had to put them in about halfway through opening presents or they would get done before us. But then we enjoyed cinnamon mm -hmm. rolls. 
Now we really, that is a tradition that has changed. Right. So many of our traditions have changed with uh, our family that changing with kids being married or are moving away. Yeah. And honestly, that's changed because you and I don't eat that way anymore. Right. Right. um, That changed with my breast cancer diagnosis um, eight years ago. And we just really changed our eating. Mm -hmm. And now it's you and me on Christmas morning by ourselves. So we're certainly not going to make a pan of of cinnamon rolls. Um, We'll probably make eggs for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing fancy. but um, Well, and I think we're still finding rhythm on uh, Christmas morning because we kind of ebb and flow with what the kids are doing that morning, what the grandkids are doing. Right. So we've, yeah, followed in the footsteps of um, my parents and our families of, you know, letting the kids each be home and, and giving everybody freedom right. to be in their own home on Christmas morning. That's an morning. important value for us. It really is. And honestly, it's a value for me for them to not even need to leave the house on Christmas right. day. Right. Um, I mean, there have been times out of necessity where maybe we've gathered as a family later on Christmas day, but like this year, we're all gathering the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we will likely, uh, we have, so we have one son, um, in Australia. Right. And so we won't That's be hard. seeing him this year, but we will see him through FaceTime in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form. Um, we have a, our, our, uh, adopted son, uh, Nikolai does just has a lot of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. So he never wants to, uh, gather on the holidays. Although last year, he hosted you and I. Right. He made us Christmas lunch in his, and that was the first time he'd ever cooked for us. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Was he great. was very proud of himself. He was. We took gifts to him and that yeah. was, that was great. That worked out really well. And then the other kids all have their children. And so we kind of made a little bit of a tour between Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Right. We, we went to tried to hit each of their homes so they could show us. Cause I think Austin and Larissa, they opened Christmas presents on Christmas Eve last year because of her work schedule. She's a nurse and often has to work holidays. And so we went over Christmas Eve and they got to show us their presents and right. they were so excited. Yeah. And then I think after they went to bed, we played euchre with Austin, Austin and, and Larissa. Larissa. Yeah, we did. Um, and then um, we got up on Christmas morning and went to Erica and Kendall's and got to see what Marie got and then went to Matt and Ann's and got to see what Rylan and Landon got. Mm-hmm. And so um, we kind of made the rounds and then right. ended up at Nikolai's house for lunch. Oh, you're right. So one year – for, well, no, um, we ended. We also went to our friend's home for breakfast on Christmas Eve. We went to Scott and Bonnie's for breakfast. I don't remember if that was last year or the year before Christmas that. Eve? No, or Christmas morning. Christmas morning, Christmas right. Christmas Eve, but it's Christmas yeah. morning. Yeah. So I think we went to Erica and Kendall's, stopped at Scott and Bonnie's, enjoyed, because they were home by themselves mm-hmm. for Christmas. And so we uh, had breakfast with them. Right. And then 
we went on, I think, to Mount right. Nans. Yep. So we mixed friends and family. Right. And um, I mean, so every year, I, I would say the older we've gotten, the more flexible we've gotten. Right. Right. And, and really been okay with whatever Christmas Eve and Christmas morning looks like. Christmas mm-hmm. Eve always does include going to Christmas Eve service. Right. For us. Mm-hmm. So that's important part of Christmas Eve. Um, so we always do the Christmas Eve, Christmas service. Used to um, when our kids were either all at home or some were starting to get married, you and I would save all year. Right. On Chris, and we would save all year to take the entire family out for Christmas Eve dinner. Right. We'd go to the Christmas Eve service and then we'd go out to dinner afterwards and we'd go somewhere nice. Right. And that was, uh, we all looked forward to that. And we did that a couple years with uh, when a couple of our kids had married. Mm-hmm. But and then we as just got kids, to be too many people in right. a restaurant. <laughs> well, and babies came along and it got to be unenjoyable. Especially for, for their parents. Right. Because they were kind of fighting them. And so yeah. we, we retired that. And then we would, tradition. we would, uh, for a season, we uh, all would huddle at our home on Christmas. We'd go to the service and gather at our home for and play games and eat and games mm-hmm. and all that. And that was fun, but that changed as grandkids grew. Right. Right. And as they started forming their own Christmas Eve and Christmas mm-hmm. Day tradition. Right. You know, I mean, that's one of the things about the empty nest is you have to, you have to flex and you have to allow them to establish their own tradition. Right. And that's, that's a huge value for us that, uh, that we allow our kids to establish their own family traditions and that we're not trying to force them into a tradition that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So traditions are, I love traditions, but I love the people that we do traditions with more than I love the tradition. Itself. Right. Right. So I think the flexibility is the when and the what mm-hmm. and the how, but you know, we can just allow ourselves uh, to kind of, ebb and flow right? based upon what works mm-hmm. well. So that's Christmas traditions. Okay, let's talk about Christmas food. Favorite Christmas food. I remember as a kid that we always had a feast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Were there favorite foods in that feast? I don't remember. And if my mom is listening to this, she's probably rolling her eyes right now saying, Mark, <laughs> I always made this. Yeah. This. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I don't remember, uh, I don't remember specific foods other than we just enjoyed what we had. Uh, now in yours and my family, we have. Well, in my foods. family growing up, we had specific foods. Right. And so I, my family, my, my mama always made persimmon pudding mm-hmm. and that is the holiday. We do that at Thanksgiving and we do that at Christmas because it, it is our holiday. Uh, we don't make it any other time of the year. Right. 
Um, it's your go-to. It is and, our go-to. Although and, I will say when my father passed away and we had dinner as a family afterwards, we had persimmon oh, pudding right. in my dad's honor. Right. He loved persimmon pudding. He did. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was in August um, of uh, 2019. Um, so that was definitely not at Thanksgiving or Christmas, but, um, it, you know, mm-hmm. it was a family thing. Yeah. Um, I can even remember as a kid, we would go down near Bloomington, Indiana, and we would pick the persimmons. Oh. And we had friends that had persimmon trees, and we would pick the persimmons. We'd come home, and then we'd process them into the persimmon pulp. Now, I just find a place where they have the persimmon pulp. <laughs> was that a, a lot of work? It was a lot of work. Wow. Because yeah, you would put it into like a colander, and you would um, you would make the um, – you'd have to squeeze the pulp out of the persimmons and it would leave behind the pit and the skin. Oh, okay. It was a lot of work. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But but we so enjoy that. And um, now, and I don't even remember when this holiday tradition got started. Gosh, I mean, it's been going on a long time, but we always get beef house rolls. Right. For yeah. Christmas. I think that started because between our house in normal Illinois and our parents' house in, in Indianapolis is the beef house. And it's many a very times, famous restaurant. It's right. a big steak restaurant, but they have these incredible yeast rolls yes. that are huge and you can buy them frozen and then you pull them out of the freezer, let them raise, and then you cook them at home. And they, we prefer ours a bit doughy. Oh, excuse me. Some yeah. of us prefer them yeah. a bit doughy. The one who doesn't is myself. And <laughs> I think, uh, I think Kendall might like it uh, a, a little, little more cooked. Yeah. I like mine a little more cooked. Jill mm-hmm. and many of the kids like them doughy. Doughy. Yeah. A little undercooked makes us happy. I remember the first time you gave me an undercooked roll. I was like, you took these out of the oven too early. This, <laughs> these aren't even are, done. I'm like, these are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah. We pretty much eat gluten-free the rest of the year, but at Christmas and Thanksgiving, <laughs> we enjoy our right. beef house rolls. Yeah. Um, for sure. So and we've, uh, we've been smoking turkey and ham in mm-hmm. recent years. Right. Uh, so we've been making our meat on our smoker yes. instead of in the oven and, and really enjoying that. Right. And just to clarify, we are not a high class smoker cooker family. No, we are smoking for dummies. <laughs> right. We have a pellet smoker. <laughs> yeah. And we love it. Just ignite it, stick it in, and uh, take yes. it out when you need to. And so, <laughs> yeah, that, but it's been really enjoyable. It we've, has been. we've enjoyed that. I agree. All right. Let's move on to favorite Christmas music. So, uh, favorite Christmas music. You absolutely love it when Christmas music comes on on Thanksgiving. I do. And I know many people who are like, oh, good grief. 
but I, I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy when they start playing Christmas music at stores at the grocery store. I really, I enjoy all Christmas music mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't really have a favorite. I don't think, uh, I do enjoy, uh, some of the, of more worshipful Christmas music, especially, uh, during, uh, the Christmas Eve service or at other times. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, I just, I enjoy Christmas music. Yeah, I do enjoy Christmas music too. And, you know, thinking back, um, I mean, this would go with Christmas memories too. So when you and I first moved to Bloomington Normal, Illinois, uh, the church that we were both on staff Mm -hmm. at, Eastview Christian Church, did a living Christmas tree. Right. And we did that for years. Yes, probably 10 years, I often had different roles in it. Our Mm -hmm, kids had mm -hmm. different roles in it. I loved that because I could mix my love of music and my music degree and utilize it in a way in the church. I loved that and um, have very fond memories of that. And, And just, you know, the Christmas music that we did and brought to life. Right. Sometimes with dance and drama and orchestra it was just it was beautiful it was and it was a regional uh influence oh my goodness i think some i don't even remember but we would do like six or eight shows or something like that and people would come i mean they would bring buses yeah to attend it it was it was fabulous um another thing that i think of music wise is our kids Many, well, at least, let's see, three of our kids, no, four, they were involved in madrigals. Oh, right. In the holiday season. Right. Yeah. And so they, that was would, a fun part, part yeah, of the tradition. If you've never been to a madrigal dinner, it's an old English um, a cappella music mm-hmm. uh, dinner uh, where uh, they sing everything a cappella and it's beautiful. And right. I love, the madrigal dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I somewhat, you know, I really miss in the holiday season, not having kids and we could still attend. We just aren't in the loop of hearing about it. Right. You know, anymore. Right. But um, I always loved, uh, you know, hearing the acapella music. And um, in fact, fun little fact, when I was doing my student teaching, um, so you and I were married and we had one child. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant with number two. I was in my last semester of college and I was doing my student teaching at Brownsburg High School. Um, it's a, a little suburb to the west of Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. And I uh, was helping with the medical dinner because the Brownsburg um high school always did a medical dinner. And so that was a part of my student teaching was helping with that. But my teacher that I was teaching under, so the one that, you know, was in charge of my student teaching became quite ill and ended up being hospitalized in the, um, because of, of pneumonia, right. I think it was the two weeks before the medical dinner. Yeah. So I actually did the medical dinner on my own during my student teaching. I remember that. Yes. And um, 
And they had to bring in, I couldn't because I wasn't a licensed teacher yet. They would bring in a teacher that would sit in the classroom, a substitute teacher that would sit in the classroom and have to be present. But most of the time they can't teach music. They're not music teachers. So I got the the group ready for the magical dinner um, and earned myself student teacher of the year at Butler University that year. <laughs> Because um, that was a pretty big responsibility uh, for a student teacher to do, but I uh, loved it. So mm-hmm. that uh, I we did madrigals in my high school growing up, so I had loved performing in them. That was the first time I'd ever led one, but right, um, absolutely loved that. Well, and you've always been a strong leader, and so even then, your leadership just totally you rose to the occasion. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I was just beginning uh, to flex my leadership skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we would love to know what are some of your favorite holiday traditions? What are some of your favorite holiday memories? What are some things that maybe um, this conversation has brought to mind and you haven't thought mm-hmm. about in a long time? Make sure you hop over to the show notes and you let us know. Right. Because uh, we'd really love to um, to hear about that. And uh, Or if you follow us on social media, um, on Facebook, Facebook, on Instagram, I'm um, jillsavage.author. Um, you can also share there as well. But we would just really love for this to be a two-way conversation. And that brings us to our favorite Christmas story. Oh, that's easy. It is. It is. And that's uh, the story of the birth of Christ. Because that's really what the the Christmas season is truly all about. It is. And so we'd actually like to close by reading the Christmas story and um, just being reminded of what Christmas is really all about. So today we're going to read to you uh, from Luke 2. This is the English Standard Version and um, just soak in the Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord and this will be a sign for you 
You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In the midst of thinking about traditions Mm -hmm. and food and memories, let's remember the reason for the season. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.